everybody and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby and if you're brand new to this show, the show is all about a little well-known card game called Magic the Gathering. On today's episode, we brought on our first proxy artist, Berth, real at real Berth on Twitter. And we talked about the state of proxies and what it's like to, you know, design proxies and, you know, differences between proxies and alters and all that good stuff. Uh, you know, be sure to listen to it. And then the later half of the show, we get pretty deep into Final Fantasy 14 because it's kind of my new obsession, um, if you haven't told. And there goes my phone just randomly going off. I do apologize about that. But uh, before we get into the interview, uh, this show is sponsored by Cardsphere.com and Alter Sleeves. Use promo code MAGICWITHZUBI on checkout uh, if for all your Alter Sleeves needs. And you can find me on Twitter at MagicWithZuby, on Instagram at Magic underscore underscore Zuby, and TikTok at MTGZuby, and email me with any questions you may have at MTGZuby at gmail.com. Uh, you, yeah that, should, yeah, that should be about it. I think so. Oh, yeah, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and Spotify, and on YouTube. Just search Magic with Zuby. And, oh, um, traveling soon. I'm still working on the details, but I might be at Command Fest Philadelphia. Maybe, possibly. I I really hope I get more confirmation. I'm just trying to work on getting PTO off that week and so I can definitely go to it. Um, but yeah, without further ado, here is Berth, the proxy artist. So hey everybody, Zuby here, and I have with me the amazing, I think the first uh, proxy artist ever to grace magic with Zuby, uh, the real Berth Robert Stephen Thancred. Um, welcome to the show. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a uh, that uh, a very interesting intro. Uh, yes. We're not sure which is the real name now. Right. Well, I wanted. I'll be real <laughs> with you. I wanted to pick Berth as my. Uh, just username, handle, all the social medias. Let me let me tell you about some issue I ran into. There's a Japanese company that makes toilets. One of their toilet is also called the Berth. Um, oh my! Spelled the same they, way, like same way. They discontinued it, I think. Wow! Um, but I ran into issues where I was like, they they claimed it on social media on Twitter, and I'm just like. I don't know who I talk to to like try to get it or if I even really care. So I just adopted the whole real moniker that um a lot of like uh celebrities run into when they like try to like make an account like the name's taken. Now you have me I, I just googled Japanese toilet berth and the first couple options are pretty normal. And then of course I go down a little bit further and I see yeah, some porn. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah, that's the other issue I keep running into is that, um, wow, well, I, I won't get in too much into that. But, but, but after I started using the username, I found out that there there are, um, yeah, there's a handful of, like, ja I think they're either Japanese or Korean users that are also using the name for, um, like, porn sites. <laughs> And oh I'm like, God. oh, that's, that's great. <laughs> I, spent, I spent, this actually gets into, into like, you know, how I came up with the name. I spent quite a long time trying to figure out um, an artist moniker that would, that would like make sense. That was like one word. Yeah. Uh, and so I ended up on, on Berth, which is a, a Welsh corruption of my first name. Um, 
And I was like, this is ingenious. No one's going to have it. I was doing Google searches, couldn't find anything. I started using it, and all of a sudden, <laughs> there's other stuff. And I'm like, that's wow. great. Can't change it now. I just ignore it. And it hasn't it hasn't been an issue, so I don't think it ever will be an issue. So, but, yeah, yeah, the... The only closest thing I have to that since Zuby, that that's been my nickname, God, for almost 20 years now. It's a play on my last name, but there's one other, I guess, right wing, right winger named Zuby that does a lot of stupid transphobic shit. And so there have been times where, yeah, of course, there have been times where I've been mistaken as that person. And I'm just like, oh, fuck. And I had no idea that this person even existed um, at all because, like I said, this has been my nickname forever. So it just made sense to call my podcast this. Um, (laughs) That's how how they get you. Yeah. It's crazy. I actually see that all the time. Um, I'll be, like, talking to a streamer or something, you know, like a content creator, and I'll, like... I'll be like talking to him and we'll be talking about like, like, you know, like for like a contract or something. And I'll be talking about like branding and like, I'll look up like their username and it's like, Hey, did you know there's a furry neo-Nazi group with this? (laughs) And it's like, it happens so often. And it's just like, what is going on? (laughs) Oh man. The internet's a wild place. It really is. It is. is. And I feel like as we move further and further into the internet being, um, just this thing that's part of like you know our culture and like humanity as a whole uh we're definitely in like yeah 10 20 probably like 20 30 years gonna run into the issue where it's gonna become hard to to create usernames you know what i mean um because we're kind of getting to the point where i mean we're at the point where they're all taken basically but you know what i mean it's getting harder and harder to be like to just kind of create one and have it not also be used by someone else. Yeah. 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 You're right. I, yeah. It, it's going to be tough. But anyways, we're here for magic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I've been following you for God, a while. Um, I think one of my first interactions with you, you sent me some proxies a couple years ago I think it was and I still have them um, I, I'm i using some of them I'm not using all of them um, definitely, I'm definitely using some of the soul rings you sent me um, but the, the I guess what I wanted to bring you on here for one is you're the very first proxy artist that I've ever officially had on here and yeah. two I just wanted to know I guess I want to get some of your input on today's world of magic where it seems like today proxies are a lot more accepted compared to even just a few years ago. Oh, oh yeah, no, certainly. And I, 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 I feel like I don't want to take credit. <laughs> I feel like I'm definitely a part of this. I feel like the proxy guy, uh, Josh, I feel like he definitely is the person who has been like the flagship like person doing this mm-hmm. um the leader of it i mean not leader because you know he doesn't obviously doesn't talk to other proxy artists too often but you know what i mean like he, yeah. he really started this thing of just kind of just doing them and a lot of 
proxies have obviously existed for pretty much the whole of magic i mean when you look at the original beta magic cards they are essentially just you know pieces of paper with just stuff written on them which mm-hmm. is arguably the most popular form of proxy <laughs> um but yeah a few years ago like five six years ago there was definitely this more larger turnaround that kind of started happening especially with the proxy guy coming out and just releasing these more higher quality interesting um designs that weren't necessarily just you know uh magic frame plus random art i found on google yeah he started really elevating it to being like hey you know uh you know, he works on actual card games and he started making actual card game frames for magic that were just these alternatives. And I think that really, I mean, it inspired me, uh, uh, for sure. Um, I actually, (laughs) my first interaction with, with Josh was me actually asking him for, I believe some tips and directions on it like a few years ago. Um, but it, I feel like him, myself, other people have really started like really inspiring that kind of like, hey, you, uh, you know, it's okay if you do this. Like just letting other designers and artists know, like, hey, it's 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 totally fine if you want to make proxies. Like no one, you know, you know, Wizards isn't going to sue you. Hasbro is not going to sue you. Um, I mean, if you're not selling them, but you know because i feel for the longest time it was definitely like this thing where it's like oh you know you're making counterfeit cards or like oh you know you're you're, yeah. you're stealing art and it's like yeah it was like that for the longest time and we're we're past that we're kind of in like this more um like the people's magic <laughs> the <know>? people's <laughs> yeah yeah and a lot of that has created this kind of feedback loop because i'm part of communities here on uh twitter here on discord uh on reddit and you know there there are communities of just proxy artists you know we just share proxy art we share tokens we share uh you know frames and tips and tricks and stuff like that and you know fonts uh you know we we share this stuff to to create these proxies and that has started to kind of create this larger feedback loop where we have really high quality people coming into it making really high quality designs and it's interesting because at the end of the day it's not something that's marketable you know it's it's not something that can really be uh sold it's not something that can really be i mean yeah (laughs) adjacent stuff to it you know but it's it's interesting because it's I, i find it similar to fan art you know yeah just different it's it's a little bit hard to explain <laughs> no i i see where you're coming from it's and the attitude at least from what i've seen at a local level um the attitude of proxies has definitely changed too like most people there's more people not caring if you use proxies in a commander deck for instance nowadays exactly um which is a great thing by the way yeah, right yeah it's and obviously they're still going to frown upon it if it's like a standard or popper or modern deck for the most part more tournament setting yeah yeah more of that driven gameplay i i actually have a a kind of a larger theory about why that is and interestingly it has nothing to do with magic sure so my my local game shop uh my lgs it's a pub and we do a lot of drinking there and a part of that drinking 
tends to get people to be more, you know, just more open and just more receptive of things. And one of the things we started a few years ago is allowing 3D printed miniatures, right? And okay. that kind of changed the dynamic of wargaming as as a whole for both my LGS and I think as people as a whole when they suddenly started realizing that, you know, we have these really cheap 3D printers, we have these really cheap resin printers, we have these really cheap kind of cutters and CNG machines, and there's nothing really stopping people, and people do it, just making their own miniatures, making their own D&D miniatures, making their own Warhammer yeah. figures, yeah. and there's... At the end of the day, nothing's stopping them from really using them in, in gameplay either. If 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 it looks identical to a, you know, I, I, I'm not super hip on Warhammer, you know, but if like, you know, this Dorvin soldier looks the same as if I bought it from Games Workshop, then why does it matter? You know, we're just here to play the game. And that attitude has really caught on at my LGS, because uh, my LGS they own a 3d printer they they sell their own models right that's cool um, but they also allow people to bring in models and they also take commissions for models and, and and all this stuff and i think that that attitude culturally as a whole this more shift to a more creator focused economy more um at home creations you know hobbies nowadays are I really way more involved than they ever been. You know, you have people whose entire hobby is building small electronics, building little robots, building 3D models, doing these huge resin things. And yeah. 10, 20 years ago, that would have been extremely cost prohibitive. You know, 30 years ago would have been completely unheard of. You know, it is very rare 30 years ago to find someone who was, you know, like an engineering tinkerer they existed they, they've existed for a long time but i feel like now with the the whole maker movement the whole kind of just reinvention of like a cottage industry almost has definitely changed people's views on what exactly is a authentic piece of gaming uh, part you know um and, and that has translated even at my lgs to two proxies we'd we <laughs> We allowed for a while all proxies, all settings, except official play, obviously, for both, you know, standard, modern, um, this is before Pioneer, uh, Commander, and this is before Oathbreaker, too. And it worked out. It worked out really well. It worked out for about two, three weeks. And then we had someone come in with a uh, $80,000 deck that was entirely proxies. And it sparked an issue that ended up getting pro proxies completely banned at my at, at my LGS. Um, because if you can just print power, right? What's what's stopping the power level at the at the at at your gaming group from reaching absurdist levels? You Nothing's know? stopping. And that's what you. we were Yeah, it doesn't stop them. And 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 that's what we ran into. We ran into um, extreme CDH uh, every match, all <laughs> matches, every day, all day. And it started killing the people's drive to actually want to play Magic. So they banned proxies. And obviously that didn't go over well. <laughs> um, people, people don't want to suddenly have to be forced to spend a lot of money to continue playing a game. And obviously a lot of people come back with the comment of well they can just use different cards you know they can use different strategies play a different deck and 
that's kind of what we landed on. Eventually, we were able to come to a more agreement as a playgroup, and we started using proxies again, but only for lands. And that actually um, gave us a really nice power level. Uh, we did some other stuff later on to change like our prizing and stuff to make it more fair, and that actually completely eliminated the, the CEDH problem at my, um, my LGS. Um, it, it's not that we don't want people playing CDH there. It's that there, there are here in Portland, there are other shops that are more dedicated to like high level competitive play. Yeah. And I, I don't think a, a casual bar off the side of a highway is the, you know, the best place. <laughs> so uh, that's interesting. It's, it, it's interesting because I, I feel like it's a, definitely a combination of multiple things, you know? Proxies are definitely way more accepted right now than they have ever been. Uh, and I feel like that might be to their own detriment at some point. I feel like we may get to a point where proxies are a little bit too accepted and then Wizards has to step in. Um, but I think Wizards themselves is even really getting on the train. Uh, the Secret layer stuff started off pretty normal, I would say, pretty like magic. And as it's gone on, we've gotten more and more secret layers that are not magic. They're, they've they've drifted far and wide from what uh, people considered a normal looking magic card to be. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. And and I love it. I, I mean, love it too. Oh, I love I love it as well because it means there's there's hope. But the thing is, they're also hiring proxy artists. <laughs> yeah. You know, they they they've they've obviously seen the altar community they've obviously seen the proxy community they're obviously aware of these peoples and groups because they're hiring artists and designers from both groups they're hiring altarists they're hiring proxy designers and they're having them work on you know xyz thing um and it's interesting because they don't they don't have to do that they could obviously take a more uh, adversarial approach to it they could obviously start you know striking these things down because at the end of the day every proxy is technically counterfeiting um but you know they don't seem to care and that's weird right yeah because they they even have an official stance on proxies right now don't they they have Where, they have a new revised well i wouldn't say new they've clarified their stance a little bit more they they're saying that proxies and playtests and counterfeits are are three separate categories they're saying a counterfeit is a card that's trying to pass itself off as a real magic card um a playtest is a a a another object that you have written or added information onto to represent a magic card and a proxy is some sort of constructed um piece of cardboard or or card in some fashion that that is a replica of a card but isn't necessarily the card and they clarified it a little bit more recently, saying that they're not against proxies or playtests and that they're only against counterfeits. But it, it it feels to me like they're really trying to... It's kind of splitting hairs? It's splitting hairs. Yeah. It's, it's a problem I've talked to with other proxy artists about is that we don't want to... We want to self-police. 
And the reason why I keep telling proxy artists we need to and we should be self-policing is because if we don't, wizards will be forced to enforce their copyright. It's that simple. And Yeah, that's true. Proxies are copyright violations, technically. And wizards can can legally just pretend they don't see them. They can legally pretend they don't exist, just like the secondhand market, and then they don't have to deal with this extra legal ramifications, you know, of, of, of counterfeiting and, and gambling, for example, with the secondhand market. They, oh, they, God, they imagine to, if they did. It, it would be... <laughs> magic would be banned in the United States. Um, that is, is the outcome of that, because gambling is illegal here. <laughs> Well, uh, well, not just the gambling, but I mean, like, imagine if they tried to police proxy artists like that, because right, it, it, they, it's they... and that's something that I've noticed with proxy artists or altruists or I guess proxy artists be the better term is as I've noticed throughout the years, the the proxies that at least the people that I follow are getting just like the secret layers getting less and less away from what a typical magic card looks like. Um. Whereas I remember maybe a couple years ago, proxy artists would make cards that would look not not exactly like a magic card, like a counterfeit, but close enough to where you could still say, okay, yeah, you can play that in magic. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, there was there was a lot more of uh, a push and effort kind of pre pre discord, pre Twitter era. Um, back when proxies were more contained on like forums and 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 mostly on Reddit and stuff, um, Facebook groups, um, yeah, there was a lot more of a push to creating cards that looked like magic cards. And the idea for that, from my kind of real understanding, was it was that it would make it easier to kind of use it, right? If 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 the only thing different was the art then well it's an altar you know what i mean it's not a proxy it's an altar and it's like well you're splitting hairs there and technically it is a proxy <laughs> but yeah. you know all, you know judges were a little bit more lenient on that they were a little bit more and with the with kind of that breakdown of what is a magic card especially in post m15 where we now have like showcases and Oh god, every set has showcase frames and foil etched whatever. Yeah, they have all these different print variations. Oh god. And special releases and alternate arts and we're really ramping up that collection game. I mean, I love it, don't get me wrong, but god, it's getting tiresome every single set. Well, I, I really love it. I really, really love it, and I think I love it for a different reason than most people. I, I actually sell all of my um, alternate cards. I only keep my non-foil regular print cards. I, I don't keep any showcase. I don't keep uh, foils. I don't keep etched foils or anything like that. I sell all of them, and I love it because it has made the cards I actually want and the cards I actually want to play with, the, the most basic versions, infinitely cheaper yeah that, um, that way yeah i could see that yeah that, that makes there, sense there, there are so many cards now that are just cheaper because there's now these chase versions and yeah that makes sense. on one hand it's kind of scummy of wizards to be constantly trying to exploit people's uh pocketbooks by in- making more and more rarer cards but on the flip side it 
satiates both the secondhand market and the player base. The people who actually want to play the game now have wider access to cards, and the yeah, people who just true. want to collect can collect. Oh man, speaking of collecting, my 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 good friend, he's uh he's he's not only like a huge magic player, but he's also a collector, right? His goal is to collect, you know, a playset of every single expansion ever printed from alpha up until streets of new compenna not counting the reprint sets like you know modern horizons and right commander legends and all those the Um, list yeah the list (laughs) stuff like that just it because when they started doing modern horizons and you know time or or, or, yeah yeah modern horizons were in commander legends where they are brand new cards he was just like nope fuck this i'm just gonna focus on standard you know standard only expansions um yeah but yeah even him he's completely done he's like you he sells the showcase stuff to get the regular versions of it and because he's just kind of over wanting to you know because his his whole thing was do i get a playset of the normal version and the showcase version as well as the the foil etched you know, special I, edition, you know, old bordered, <laughs> yeah, whatever I, I, crap. I definitely, I definitely feel like the ones to get the worst pick of this lot are, are the people who are trying to do full collections because at this point it's impossible. It's just impossible. Oh yeah. It's you have sets like new Capenna where they have like regional specific box toppers. All right. Good oh, luck with that. Yeah, that's um, right. Good, good luck. Good luck getting those. You know, or a, or a Neo uh, coming out of Neon uh, Neon Dynasty, they had the um what that demon, and it had like a red version of the frame, even though it was a black card. Oh, and I still that's find right. that silly, but yeah, it had the ultra rare, super secret, hidden red version. That's like the card's terrible, but this red version's like two grand because there's like I don't know a hundred or so of them or something yeah. like that. It's it just it, it gets a little bit it's a little bit hmm, a little bit much at times it does it does and it's like you said it definitely keeps the prices down which is great um you know especially for when i'm building my cubes or my edh yeah. decks it, it, it actually also solves uh quite a bit of the proxy problem believe it or not yeah. um yeah a huge amount of so 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 I print out and give proxies to like my like friends, family, you know, pe- people just ask. Um please don't ask. <laughs> Viewers don't ask me, please. Um but like Ah yes, I will take one of each uh fetch land <laughs> and one of each. But like I I've had I used to I used to like uh do like prints of sets for people for like cubes, right? They come to me, I'd help them design a cube. And I tell them, um, I give them like all of the print files and they can like print the cube themselves, for example. I've gotten that a lot less in the last three, four years, despite the fact that I'm doing higher and higher quality work. And I think a huge part of that is literally just the availability of the normal versions of the cards. These normal versions don't need to be proxied anymore. This card that is critical to your deck that for some reason is $50 because it was only printed once, you know, five years ago. Um, Well, now there's alternate prints of it. Now there's a showcase version of it. Now there's, there's, and all the, all the people who had this old crappy version, you know, the the old used version uh, are, are, are mostly collectors who are selling it for the showcase 
were selling it for the expanded art who extended yeah. it for the new yeah. foil um and so that's kind of changed how i've seen like the secondhand market deal with just the normal cards they're they're a lot cheaper now they're just you know price comparison card per card a lot of them are just significantly cheaper it's much cheaper to play edh right now even discounting the hundreds of new options of cards that they print each you know each quarter um, yeah yeah you're you're right because i mean they've done a lot better job making pre-cons the past couple years oh yeah in terms oh, yeah. of just them trying to keep up with people who've been playing a lot longer um yeah it, it's they, so just out of the box like even the even the ones from kamigawa the the pilot the vehicle one just out of the box that one can be pretty damn strong oh yeah oh yeah that one's that one's devastating it reminds me of the old what was it uh 2016 commanders where they were just absolutely bonkers was that the ur dragon one and the yeah ur, ur dragon edgar yeah edgar or or, or was yeah. that the four color ones the atraxa the, there, there was, was like two years where back back to back two years they were like broken like there was oh, yeah. Uh, yeah the four color but, ones and then the yeah edgar or dragon and all that yeah they were they were totally wild and loved I, it I, I i think a lot of this shift to just giving players cards that work cards that players want to play with uh this this shift where you know wizards has stopped focusing on trying to make people feel like they have to collect an entirety of a set to be you know what i mean mm -hmm. and it's almost like they're trying to like drown out their older cards or something which they're, they're not but they are in part and that has driven yeah. down the need for people to create proxies that look like real cards there, there's no need really anymore i i don't i don't really know any proxy artists who even do cards like that anymore i i i certainly haven't done a card like yeah that i haven't in seen that in years, years now yeah um it's i, I see the focus i see so much variation of art out there and um yeah like one of my favorite ones that i saw i can't remember who did it but it was like the the pokemon game boy ones where they made covers of like the the original oh, Pokemon yes. Game Boy art. I, I, I wanna, can't can't remember who did it, but I, I loved the cards. I know who did that. I know I know who did that. I I want to say, I want to say who it is, but I'm like eighty percent sure I have the wrong person. <laughs> so I don't yeah. want to misattribute someone. But yeah, I, I actually saw that um, a few days ago, uh, either earlier today or a few days ago or something, but. It was it was really interesting, and I was like, "Oh wow, that's a that's a really creative use of this of this formatting of this templating, and it's it's a really great way to do I that." I loved it, and that that kind of goes into what I've been thinking lately, for, especially for the last like two years. I've kind of changed my thoughts on how I do proxies, and I think uh, uh, Josh, the proxy guy, I don't want to speak for him, but I think he he's definitely changed his focus too. Um, and, and I've noticed a few others doing this as well, is that we're not really competing with magic anymore. We're not trying to, like, make cooler magic cards. We're not really trying to, like, provide alternatives or anything anymore. We're almost, like, just directly competing with secret layers. <laughs> In <laughs> a sense, I mean? yeah. Yeah. It, that, that's a good way of putting it. 
it's interesting because it, it, it pushes it pushes everyone you know a new secret layer comes out or a new showcase frame comes out and suddenly it's like mm, well i could do that <laughs> you know Dude, speaking of proxies and secret layers and alters um i i, I do want to state that i am sponsored by alter sleeves um use promo code magic with Zuby on checkout uh, but I got to say, one of my favorite things to come out of the past couple years is Alter Sleeves. Yeah. It, it, it's, I, I love the idea of it that because I've always been one that I would love to get cards altered, but I kind of don't want to damage the original card in a sense. You know what I mean? No, I know. That's one of the entire reasons why I started making my own tokens and proxies is just because I I didn't (laughs) want to ruin any of my cards. (laughs) And altar sleeves is like the best way to get, you know, your cards quote unquote altered in a sense. Yeah, I I do have to, I do also have to say for transparency, I, I have worked in the past for both alters or sleeve alters, LLC, their, their parent company. A, a, or their company and their parent company, Mythic Gaming. Um, I've, I've been a graphic contractor with them on and off since since the beginning, actually. Um, uh, nice. And yeah, no, I, I, I love Alter Sleeves. Um, I was there uh, day one. Um, I actually was one of the people advising them on like a lot of the technical specifications. And I, uh, I actually have still somewhere in one of my office drawers uh, a sealed... It's in like a little team bag, but some of like the very first altar sleeves printed. Um, oh, nice! And they're they're really crusty. <laughs> they're kind of thick. Um, <laughs> there there was definitely some things that needed to be worked out. Like that's back when we still had the transparency issue, where like stuff yeah. was just randomly white, uh, and we couldn't figure it out. Um, but yeah, they've definitely. And that that was actually the other thing I was going to talk about too is. A lot of proxy people I know have stopped making proxies and are making alter sleeves. Oh, dude, it's perfect. I, I friggin', it's great. They're not that expensive. Um, the website always crashes whenever there's a sale. <laughs> Just like <laughs> they last, are trying to fix that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, and I mean, to give kudos to you is I'm using all your shrine alters. I don't have alters for the new creatures. Yeah. The, the new need, Kamigawa ones. I'll, I'll be real with you. I'm 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 stuck at. I'm actually kind of stuck on that because. So you may have noticed when I redid my proxies to include the creatures, I redid the entire frame, um, oh, and it's did. because I don't I don't have the original files anymore. Oh no! So wait, does that mean I got to get new alter sleeves for everything now? That was going to be my bad news because oh, I, 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 I could spend the time to create creature specific versions based no. off of the old template, but I would have to remake the entire thing. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out you. right now what to do if I should just remake it or go forward with the new shrine template and kind of go from there. They're both about the same amount of work, though, so I still haven't decided. Oh, I get it. I get it. Oh, I'm going on Ultra Sleeves website right now and looking no i don't want to have to i mean i'll buy them all again because i know i will well i i haven't i haven't uploaded them yet uh probably by the time this episode goes live uh there'll be some major changes with alter sleeves i can't um comment too much on them 
Uh, but the site Ooh. is going major revision right now. We're talking massive changes, huge, huge improvements, lots of new features. Um, okay, so sweet. Currently, currently, no one can submit any alters, at least for the next week or two. So I have some time to figure out the shrine situation. Um, ironically, I wanted to do it last week. I wanted to figure it out and get those shrines up. <laughs> but then the day I go to do it, they're like, we're taking down uh, uploads for the week. Yeah, like, oh, there, oh, there's okay. a there's a whole uh, an little announcement on there. Yeah. With it. Okay. They, uh, they want to integrate more with Mythic Gaming and some of the... Oh yeah, I, I dynamic products. Yeah, when they were doing the mythic gaming sleeves with um some of the other content creators, uh um Chad actually sent me some of them. One of the ones that um Jessica Inked Game not Inked Gaming, um Inkling. Inkling oh, Customs. Yeah. That there we go. Uh the ones that she worked on and they were like the little robot ones or something. And, yeah. And that they yeah. the even those things were pretty freaking cool. Like get getting to sleeve your whole deck and you know a right. theme I, I, altar. Ideally, ideally, I've I've talked to Chad kind of on and off about like the the future he envisions for for Mythic Gaming. Um, I won't comment too much on it because I, I don't think yeah yeah don't, talking about it yeah but, don't spoil anything you can't talk about if you're under but, the NDA but I do or know, anything. I, I I do know Mythic Mythic frames themselves are different than altar sleeves. They're made in a completely different fashion. Yeah, um, that's why they're so much cheaper. Um, I I do know at some point they want to expand out to have more uh, more of those available. Same thing with the play mats and 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 presumably other, you know, uh, uh, gaming related things. Yeah, that'd be um, cool. But but it's definitely interesting. I mean, they they've really taken off. Players have absolutely loved them. I I run into people at my LGS all the time. They don't even know like I work at Alter Sleeves, and the and they'll be like, "Oh man, have you heard of this? Have you have you heard of this site? You can upload alters." And I'm like, "Oh no, really? <laughs> like whoa? Just tell me about it." And then you'll be like, "You gotta check out this guy, uh, Berth. Um, right. makes really good stuff." Right. <laughs> Um, I, interestingly, interestingly, I have, I have yet to pull that card out. Um, I'm going, I, one of these days though, I really want to, I want to be at like a convention and I want someone to be like, like talking about how cool I am and then be like, yeah. And then go up to him and be like, I'm actually evil. And then like, just walk <laughs> off, <laughs> you know, it whisper in the ear. I'm actually evil and no one will ever believe you. No. <laughs> <laughs> Say say something like really like really screwed up like they'll never find the kittens and then just walk off. And be like, what, what did he mean? What did he mean by that? <laughs> yeah, no get man. Into, I get into a Twitter controversy or something. But anyway, oh, it's not hard to do. Just um, say some random BS about Commander, and then you'll oh. become the main character of the day. Oh, I got it. Commander should be ninety eight cards. Ooh. Ooh. Yes, and and, and, and say it's ninety-eight cards because it is the most optimal, optimal drawing curve or something. The most optimal drawing curve between land and non-land <laughs> cards. Yes. Yeah. And just make up yeah. some math, and then then you'll get the math nerds on you, um, and then you'll get the EDH nerds on you. That. <laughs> You know, realistically, that's one of the best ways to try to, like, solve a math problem is just post a wrong answer on, like, Reddit or GitHub or something. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, 
it's great just watch as people get angry at you <laughs> and then explain why you're wrong <laughs> and it's like yes do my work for me <laughs> <laughs> right um god freaking magic twitter it's always a new day i i have muted so much magic stuff on twitter the past couple months just for my own sanity because it it, yeah. it it got to a point literally every day was some dumb drama happening and it was mainly commander i i never yeah. saw this kind of drama on standard modern legacy stuff you know no i yeah no i've noticed this too there's a lot more like that recent drama uh this wasn't on twitter so maybe a bad example but like i don't know if you saw uh the the rule update on misgendering players oh yeah i saw it was that oh well, of I, I course there's drama around that because yeah, assholes like, are gonna even, be i don't even understand like i mean i obviously i understand like how that could happen but i don't understand how that could happen who's in, who's intentionally going out of their way to misgender people because i mean assholes I, yeah. Yeah, assholes like yeah right like I, I literally after reading it i sat there and i thought for like 30 40 minutes being like i don't know if i've ever called someone by their gender when playing magic <laughs> you, you know like i usually just like you or like the person's name um but yeah <laughs> real wild real wild um yeah i mean yeah you bring up a good point like out of all the times that I've played Magic, I can't recall. I mean, like, have I? I mean, not saying that I misgender, but ha have I called them by a gender? I'm sure. Right. But like, I, 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 I'm sure I have too. But it's like one of those things where like I can't really think of any good. Like I can think of a hypothetical situation, you know, yeah. like a, like like oh, I'm explaining to like a second player uh, what I'm doing to the first player, you know, like and I'll be like oh, I'm targeting his creature or something like that. But but even then, it's like oh, usually just like oh, I'm targeting Cranko, I'm targeting you know Golos, I, I'm more yeah. specific because usually there isn't two Crankos on the board. There usually isn't two, you know, Golos on the board. It, mm -hmm. It's yeah. So, like, when I read that news, I was always just like, man, what in God's name has been going on at, 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 at like, these events where... And, and you know, something had to have triggered know, it off, too. Something had to have happened. Yeah. This, this isn't one of those... They don't make a, a change to the rules like that just, like, because... I mean, it's good that they did. It, it's yeah. obviously a good thing that, you know, people feel safe and have these protections when playing. But it's also like it's kind of really screwed up that we had to um, go go through. I mean, and I'm not make surprised. These I mean, dude, all you have to do is just go look at free magic on Reddit, and they're the fucking god awful worse. And I'll check up on that subreddit every so often just to make sure that I'm not one of the main characters, or someone else I know is not one of the main yeah. characters getting targeted, <laughs> harassed. Because that's happened where I've known people yeah. that are friends of mine started getting targeted, harassed. I'm like, motherfuckers, what the hell? Just because, right. and it gets crazy because it yeah. gets it gets so out of proportion really quickly, um, especially on Twitter, especially on Reddit. Um, a lot of these more. Um, point driven social medias you know people like people care about likes people care about upvotes yeah they want that um they, they want that interaction yeah, and they want that, that can cause interesting results because yeah sometimes i see people just complaining about something 
and then it suddenly becomes a big drama issue you know so oh, someone God, just yeah. has an offhand comment on twitter and all of a sudden ah oh, man we're, we're canceling zuby you know what i mean and it's oh like, i've already been canceled before it's like but why like what is it's so silly it's so silly oh well i i had my main day as being the twitter bad guy one time because yeah yeah because i that kind of did it on purpose too it was oh, um no. <laughs> I, I i put out a tweet stating if you're playing these four cards you in commander you're not you're doing it wrong it's not casual or something right. and, it, and it was pictures of ristic studies smothering tithe mana crypt and mana vault i i mean you're not wrong but like <laughs> <laughs> oh dude it's it started this whole thing of freaking casual versus you know competitive you know casual is yeah. a mindset and all that stuff you, you know it all d depends on your intention with the cards i'm like Okay, I get it. Like, I, I see where people are coming from, but I also just wanted to make a stupid, cheeky tweet too right. at the same time. Well, that, that, that gets me. That gets me into the yeah. other thing, too, is, like, people take... A lot of times I see people taking these things that are obviously opinions, obviously just commentary, and they're taking it as, like, oh, shit, well, you know, Zuby here said I can't be a casual now. Like, oh man, I now I gotta go uh, yell at him or something. And it's like You know, because no. I'm I'm part of the rules committee. I'm part of the part CAG. Of the rules committee, right? <laughs> I I I tell Sheldon right away, like, you know, ban I told him to ban Golos. Everybody was mad about that. It's your fault. It is. I, I told him and I and I almost I had to break up with the rules committee when they banned a Hull Breacher. <laughs> or Hullbreaker right? or whatever whatever the Whatever yeah, the card the, was. The mermaid, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it's just, yeah, and it, 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 it's just, it's wild. It's wild. It's really wild. And oh, it, it's it very it's... interesting that I see it a lot, so much, as you even mentioned, in the EDH community. But I rarely ever see it in the magic community as a whole. I don't see it too often in, I don't see it at all in the proxy community. Interestingly enough, we haven't had, uh, really any major infighting in a long time um and i think that's because a lot of the proxy groups have kind of split into like i wouldn't call them factions but kind of like two ways of doing things you got the you got kind of the more twitter instagram reddit focused people like myself who, who yeah. were, were like designing things we're focusing more on like framing and you know more of the overall like design of of a small art asset and then you have a more of like the counterfeit crowd. You have more of the people on Reddit and the forums, which represent a huge uh, segment of like the more older guard of, of proxies. And they, um, they're different. They're really different. They're very mm -hmm. hostile to us. Um, and we're very hostile to them. And y'all just need to get into a war right now. Just hash nah, it out. I, I really don't think we ever will. And it's mostly because we just stay separate. And or or just do like a big game of EDH. A game know? of EDH to settle it, right? Who, whoever has the best proxies wins. Well, that's the problem. We would never be able to agree on it because <laughs> the two, two kind of... The, the main separating point between the two groups is what counter what constitutes a counterfeit, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you have like the Reddit proxy community is quite large and... Mm -hmm. 
they make counterfeits. They sell prints. They talk about how to get high quality, you know, legal passing cards. They talk about how to, oh, yeah. you know, a lot you know, of the bootleg stuff. stuff like that. and... and that sets a bad name for everyone else. And we've kind of inadvertently pushed those people off of Instagram, off of Twitter, off of um, other platforms. Mm-hmm. And they're now more centralized around reddit um interestingly enough and and i'm curious as to why really because i don't know if it's a combination and i i think i have a theory that's a combination of like um community pressure obviously players and 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 whatnot not being as receptive to counterfeit cards as opposed to proxies and then content creators like yourself uh and by adjacency me who are very vocal about being, or I don't know if you're very vocal, but are, are more so vocal about, you know, proxies should be allowed or proxies aren't counterfeits. You know what I mean? There's that different narrative. Um, yeah, I and, guess I'm not very vocal about yeah. it. I'm just, I've just always been under the assumption, like, if you want to play proxies, cool. Yeah. But, just, but, but, yeah. but that's what I'm getting at. It's like, that's more vocal than before you know what i mean yeah like that's more vocal than 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 really anyone because that because that's kind of the attitude i feel a lot of players are at or like are are pretty much at they're like hey if you want to play proxy sure that's fine as long as it's you know nothing crazy sure why not yeah the the only don't see a reason why not the only time i can recall someone at an lgs where like we didn't want them to play with proxies is when they literally printed out their entire EDH deck with like the worst black and white photos and just glued them onto basic lands. Oh my, that's a, that's a whole nother issue. (laughs) (laughs) It it was God awful. We're like, no, you cannot play that. Get a real deck. Go get one of the (laughs) pre-cons. Right. Usually I only see people having issues as if it's just, if, it, if it's power related, you know, if they're coming in with a proxy deck and it's just obviously more powerful than everyone else is playing with, yeah, then it's, I, I it's, don't it's even... a little, it's a little, eh, it gets, gets kind of like, hey man, like what's like, what's your, what's your real goal here? You know, cause obviously it's not I, that yeah. you can't afford the cards, you know? Yeah, I, I guess, I guess maybe I draw, maybe I do ha- draw a line in the sand when you literally proxy your entire deck, including the basic lands. Yeah, me too. You're just like, oh, okay. I can understand proxying some of the cards, right? You know, like maybe the more expensive ones or the hard to get ones. But when you're literally proxying literally everything, okay, come on. Now you're just. And and that's usually where I draw the line, where because I'm usually fine with like, hey, look, if it's like a handful of super expensive cards and they're kind of really important to your deck, sure. If it's like you know you're testing out a new strategy and you know it's like 20 30 cards in your deck okay yeah if it's like an alternate art or something you know what i mean like if if there if there's a reason for you to have the proxy and the reason isn't just because well i want to be the most powerful then i'm usually fine with it It, it, it's I, i draw the line where it's like you're only proxying because you just want to have a deck that's better than everyone else's. I feel like that's definitely the wrong way of going about it because you're not really, you're not playing the game at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're, 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 you're playing to win. You're, and 
if you're playing with proxies, you're probably playing casual commander. So going in with that super try hard, you know, stompy deck is kind of just a dick move. Yeah. Um, and it's different too. Like if ever, if you, you know, if you have a group, you have play group and everyone's like, Hey man, we're building CDH proxy decks. We want to have a super high powered throwdown. Yeah. You know, sure. That sounds great, but don't then turn around and bring that deck to the, the three newbies who just bought a pre-con, you know, right. Like that's, you're going to ruin magic for them. <laughs> God. Oh, magic players. Just, I, know, it's so sad. I guess I guess this is why EDH is so drama filled. <laughs> it is, man, and it's that it's that power level. It's that it's the that power concept. level. It's this whole social contract stuff. It's and I get it. I I totally get it because no one enjoys a EDH game where you're getting pub stomped or or yeah. the the powers of the deck are completely out of whack. Oh um, no, exactly. I I I know firsthand. I um. I, I used to play CDH, uh, and I used to have a not CDH deck. I used to have a a, uh, a Loro Life Gain deck, mm-hmm. uh, close to CDH levels. wasn't exactly CDH levels because it wasn't really that fast, but it was the single most oppressive deck at my LGS for literally weeks on end. I I, I was winning every single game every single tournament yeah if it wasn't me it was the other dude who was playing cdh right it would just went back and forth between me and one other person and uh eventually the players at my lgs decided to just just, just really stop showing up to friday night magic because playing commander just was not fun yeah and this kind of also corresponded earlier with what i was telling you about the proxy issue um my deck didn't have any proxies, interestingly enough. Um, <laughs> but people were building proxy decks to literally fight my deck. And that was it. You know what I mean? And we basically got stuck in this arms race where, you know, I'm building more powerful decks. You know, the other tier there, one yeah. player is doing it. And it eventually got to the point where it just was not fun anymore. No one was having yep. fun. I'm not it, having It's fun, fun at first when you do it because, you know. Yeah, you, oh, yeah. And then it got to a point, dude, so... I know I've told this story before on my podcast, but that's how my Grand Arbiter deck basically got built mm-hmm. was to yeah. it was an arms race where we were all playing these powerful decks. And, you know, then then it got to basically a point. Everybody's playing freaking stupid combo stuff. And I built Grand Arbiter to be pure control where none of y'all are going to do anything. And I'm going to win by the worst way possible by approach of the second sun. And that's my only win con. <laughs> everything else right. is to stop you from playing magic because it got right. to that point where <laughs> it, it was just it, it was annoying to a point and yeah so yeah and i feel like that permeates a lot of i should probably finish i should, I should probably finish, tell you how my story ended or else this sure. isn't gonna sure. make sense uh but <laughs> i almost forgot um so eventually yeah we get into an arms race as as you've experienced in your own in your own personal life, and it, it, I think it happens to a lot of EDH players, it happens to a lot of commander groups as a whole, and I, I'm sure it happens to a lot of Friday night uh, magic uh, goers. Is that it, it? Yeah, it eventually gets to the point where you don't want to keep up with the meta anymore, or the meta gets so stale and oppressive that it's just not worth playing. 
And we reached that point in my LGS. We ended up banning proxies and we ended up banning prizes. There was no more prize support. There was, we just got rid of it. And obviously, as you would guess, that didn't go well. Um, People don't want to pay for, you know, Friday Night Magic. They want to do a buy-in if there's no um, point, (laughs) right? And we decided, ended up to mixing in a kind of like new idea of doing um, randomized rewards. So instead of congratulating players for winning, you got, um, there, there were prizes that were given at random. There are prizes that are given for like um, the friendliest player of the night, you know, stuff like that, um, more uh, community driven rewards. And within two weeks, we went from being like stuck in like CDH hell to literally everyone is playing the single most jankiest thing they could humanly imagine to build. We all suddenly oh, started great. shifting. Oh, it was amazing. We started shifting to fun decks because there was but, no point in winning. But that was due to your LGS though, right? That was due to my LGS. They had so, a, they had to come down real hard yeah. on this change. I mean, we came to it as like a group, like a group consensus. Um, because it's it's more of a clubhouse than an LGS. Um, no, but but that's good because that's not going to happen at a lot of LGSs. It's not. It's not because yeah. they'll lose customers. Yeah. You know, and my my LGS does lose customers to that. We have people come in all the time on Fridays, being like, "Oh, hey, you you know, you guys doing like an like EDH tournament? You know, like how many pods are there? You know," and they'll be all excited and they hear about how the pricing works and they're like, "Oh." Yeah. And then they leave. <laughs> and no, it's like, yeah, I, I've been to those LGSs right. where it's, you know, and, and that that when I used to go to a lot of LGSs, like you sort of knew which ones were the heavily competitive ones, full of the yeah. heavy and the yeah. more casual ones. And I always enjoyed the more casual ones because it was always a lot more friendlier atmosphere and more chill, relaxed, and exactly, exactly. And it was just I don't know, it was just more fun overall. Like, yeah, and that's and that's where that's where that's the where my LGS is at. They want to be, they want to be a clubhouse. They want to be a place where people play games. They don't want to be a um, so much so that they're actually no longer even a LGS. They're a they're a bar now. <laughs> they they renovated into being a bar just so that they could be like, hey, no minors, uh, <laughs> and that, that's you know good. have a little bit little bit of a different ruling for how things can can work and and run and now they're doing great they're doing you know warhammer tournaments they're doing magic tournaments and they're doing all this stuff and all of it's without prizing all of it's with this more well it has prizing but it's you know this alternate system that's more um you said you said it's in portland oregon it's in portland yes uh thankfully over here in portland we have well the portland portland vancouver metropolitan area as it's called we have okay 10 or 15 lgs we have quite a few um because i'll be in portland in july yeah we have we have some crazy stuff i'm not i I only go to one i go i go to fate and fury games uh, which is technically a pub uh and it's over here in in like um downtown vancouver or east east town vancouver it's across the river 
Oh, so wait, are, are Portland and Vancouver pretty close together? They're, they're one. They're one metropolitan zone. Oh, okay. Uh, this is so, my complete ignorance of. Yeah. So it's kind of like um, over there. Kind of like uh, New York City and um, fuck. What's the what's the side in New Jersey? Um, but you, but you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. It's kind of yeah. like I think like Manhattan and um, Brooklyn or something. Brooklyn, yeah, it's okay. very similar to that. You know, you just have okay. to cross a river. You're still in the city, but now you're in a different city. <laughs> okay, because I know I got to go to Portland in July, but I'll also be in Bend, Oregon, as well, too, which is like a mm. three-hour drive, and I'm not looking yeah, forward more, to that's that. Yeah, more south. It's very beautiful yeah. down there. Though. I know. I can't wait. I can't wait because I've nice. never nice. been. Well, I've been to the West Coast. I've been to L.A., and that was okay. I was not a big fan of L.A. Yeah. No. No, LA's a bit of a bit of a hellhole. Um <laughs> Yeah, it was just the time I went, because I went back in December, it, it it was like the three smoggiest days they they had or something. Like I felt like yeah. I couldn't breathe outside. Cause the oh, air quality man. was so bad. That's pretty bad. It's a it's a yeah. lot nicer up here. It's a lot more trees, a lot more hills. But probably uh, a lot cleaner air. A lot cleaner air. <laughs> the the one problem we do have though, uh, and it's actually specifically with LGSs, is that a lot of them do tend to be more. Um, uh, what's like a good word for this? Uh, fancy, fancier. Ooh, fancy. Were I you mean, saying you it, saying us Floridians aren't fancy? No, but like we don't have. Like, <laughs> I've, I've I've been to, <laughs> I've been to a lot of LGSs. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and we we used to have more out here. We used to have more like mom and pop kind of yeah places. Yeah. You know, technically they're like pawn shops or something. You know what I mean? We have like mm-hmm. these more hole in the wall uh, kind of LGSs, but a lot of those kind of died off during the pandemic and, and oh, were yeah. dying off before then. And so the ones that we do have left tend to be these more larger more focused ones that do like specific things um you know like fate and fury is a bar uh and they they focus primarily on like most of their sales come from drinks and like three prints and i think mostly warhammer uh mostly because warhammer's you know really expensive um but we also have like mox boarding house and 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 other places oh like yeah that, that's right that that are these more that's all that's a fancy one bigger LGSs, you know, um, yeah. we don't have a lot of these small ones anymore. Um, and the ones we do have are all like specific. They're all very specific. They do they either they either cater to kind of that tournament crowd or they cater wholly to the community crowd. They don't they don't they don't mix. Yeah, there's um, we used to have a lot of mom and pop LGSs around here where I live in. I, I live just north of Tampa. And um, mm-hmm. it's now down to what used to be like maybe seven to ten is now down to two, oh, and um, and only I would only consider one of them even decent. Yeah, um, yeah. It was the one I went oh. to for pre-release for Streets of New Compena. It was my my only complaint about them was oh my god their chairs were god awful. It was <laughs> it was so yeah. bad like oh god my. <laughs> My hips that were seems hurting. seems to be universal, though. I've I've noticed that every LGS I've ever gone to just has the worst chairs. Uh, yeah, it's, it's um, just insane. Uh, yeah, the the, was, the the kind of fancy LGS that I've been to around here in Florida would probably be Cool Stuff Games. 
Um, yeah. They've got really nice area. And the thing that I love with Cool Stuff Games, yes, I'm not sponsored by them or anything, but I'm just going to say they don't put up with shit. They are not afraid to throw you out if you yeah. try to start yeah. anything. And isn't, that that's isn't, great. Um, isn't Cool Stuff... Um, they're they're more national too, aren't they? I don't know if they're out of Florida. They have like three locations in Florida. Um, I just I've, know they're I've one heard of, of like Cool Stuff Inc. Yeah, there's right? Cool Stuff Inc. and then Cool Stuff Games is their LGS. Um, their LGS, yeah, similar similar to like Card Kingdom and, and you know. Mods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're I think. Oh, they've got. Okay, never mind. I thought they only had three locations in Florida. They've got six. Oh, they're expanding. Damn. That's nice. Yeah, I pulled it up too. It does look like they got expanding out a bit. Oh, that's good though. That's good though. They're keeping that, keeping it going. Yeah, um, I, I'm surprised they are still. Some of them are still up, especially after the pandemic. Well, it's Florida. The pandemic ended summer of 2020 anyway so no no i know i know i know <laughs> did, did did you hear that uh dr fauci officially said we're out of the pandemic in the u.s i did, I did, not, I did not yeah there was a news article saying that the u.s is out of the pandemic phase and my first comment to that is the rest of the u.s is now going to finally catch up to florida because florida has been out of the pandemic phase for almost two years now right well, it, it it's good that things are turning around a bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I don't want to get too into the whole pandemic and vaccines right? and masks and all that because it's... I don't yeah, know. Then, then we get a different kind of audience commenting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't freaking know. It's I'm, I'm, I'm vaccinated. I'm boosted. I don't, I don't know if I have to get a fourth booster or not. If I do, I'll go get it. I'll wear a mask if I have to, but... Goddamn third one was brutal actually the third one wasn't bad for me the second one Oof. knocked me out yeah see for me the first and second one nothing nothing my wife dying she gets the third one fine totally fine i get the third one. Oh my lord <laughs> it was like Man, that's crazy three four days and i just, just on the floor <laughs> it's bad Man, it's crazy like how it the effects of it is just so different per person because my my wife was really down after the first one and then the second one she was fine yeah yeah, yeah. and and, it's, and it's my random. kids my kids no issues for either shot like you little shits <laughs> <laughs> right oh. and the third one i just felt like tired for two days and that was it Right, this got me scared though to get a fourth if if needed. I mean, if it's a, if that's what we got to do to just get back to normal, I'll freaking do it. Do I want to do it? No, because I have a fear of needles, like an right. ungodly fear of needles. But I'll I'll do it. I'm not happy. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> just like if I have to wear a mask, I'll freaking wear it. I don't want to, but I'll do it. I I just kept wearing mine. <laughs> It, it it depends where I'm going. Like, I'll be honest, it's... If I know I'm going somewhere where I know there's going to be a lot of people, I'll wear a mask. If it's... Yeah. If yeah. not, then I won't. I mean, it's... That's that's pretty much where I'm at. Um, and I think... I think a lot of people are kind of going to be moving forward with that. And realistically... 
it's not that different from what the rest of the world already does. I mean, especially yeah. in like Asian countries, um, wearing a mask when you're sick or wearing a mask in crowds is not uncommon. Yeah, so, yeah, that, that that that's one thing that I'm definitely taking away from the pandemic is I won't be afraid to wear a mask if I'm if I have to go out sick. Yeah, and all yeah, that. If I, if, yeah, definitely. That's where I'm at too. If I feel like I need to wear a mask. You best believe I'm slapping that thing on, yeah. Uh, because it's just, it's different. Things have changed, yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. And the whole thing with wearing masks at an airport. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm about to be traveling very soon in the next two weeks, so yeah. it's well, it, it might come back. Uh, yeah, it might come back because apparently that Florida judge might not have had the. Uh, I'll probably need to do that, but yeah, I don't know. We'll the, the, <laughs> the one thing I did notice that I did like wearing a mask on the plane was it helped me be able to sleep on the plane better. The times that I had to travel with a mask on, on the plane, it, it was weird. It was like the feeling of my own breath on me just mm, no, that makes sense. That helped makes sense. me go to sleep, especially because I, I always wear AirPods to cancel out the noise and just put yeah. on some music. And I don't know. It was weird. Probably help you. Yeah, probably just helps you feel more comfortable kind of yeah. thing. Uh, I, I've noticed that too when I wear masks. feels a little bit more um, almost like a social barrier kind of thing. Yeah, I don't have to smile uh, at people. You have to smile. <laughs> a, little bit less, a little bit less maintenance. That, that is one thing that I, I enjoyed the most with the mask. That the I, I did hate wearing a mask the most during the summer the two summers in florida of the pandemic oh, i bet it was oh, freaking brutal like either a cloth mask or n95 or whatever have you fucking I, miserable and, and I, granted it's we didn't wear them a lot outside because you know you right but the times that you did because you're trying to get from one building to another you know just a bit surprising yeah God I, I've only uh I've only ever been to Florida once and it was um it was during during the summer <laughs> and yeah, it was terrible <laughs> yeah it's it bad so it's um it's so humid uh not great so like e even lately it's been getting really humid it's not even summer yet and um because I, I try to go for daily walks um try to at least because I need to lose this freaking pandemic weight. And, um, but damn, the freaking, the heat is just getting too much. And it's like, I'll, I'll do a two mile walk and I'm like dying <laughs> when I get home because it's just so hot. But if I do that same walk in the morning, do two miles, I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably a lot of the, um, humidity. Yeah. It, it has to be the humidity plus the heat. Because, like, during the week, I can only do my walks, like, in the afternoon or evening. And that's when yeah. sometimes it gets the most humid. Ooh, see, I have the, uh, <laughs> I have the, diff I have a different issue up here. It just rains constantly and makes figuring out when to take a walk kind of hard. Because yeah, it's like, all right, do I go now when it's not raining, but it's but it's sunny and kind of hot? Or do I wait a little bit and oh, it might dude. be raining? <laughs> dude, we have those problems during the summertime, like for four or five months, where like on the dot, like around three to five o'clock, it's guaranteed to rain. 
Um, and, and, and of course it could go on later into the evening and all that, you know, past six and seven, but it, right. it could be, you know, a normal rain shower or, oh my God, it's hurricane force like winds kind yeah. of rain. <laughs> it's, it's never just a middling rain where it just, it's normal. Florida is either, Florida is just too extreme. Too extreme, man. Yeah, thankfully we don't have too much of a problem like that here. We just have different severities of rain just constantly going on. Uh, sometimes it hails just casually. Oh, that's the worst. And that's just, that's fun. But anyways. <laughs> man, like, if it ever starts hailing here in Florida, um, that's when... Oh shit! There's probably a tornado nearby. Yeah, I would assume that would be like <laughs> devastating levels of weather down there. Yeah. What the yeah. heck, cat? What are you? What's your problem? Oh no, my cat just started freaking out. She's been laying on the desk right next to me the entire time. Then she just—I don't know. Or maybe she is hearing a bird outside or something. Maybe. <laughs> no, but um. All right, getting back into something a little bit more important. Yeah. Um, uh, changing subjects here uh, before we start ending things here, because I know you have to pick up your partner soon, right? Yeah, yeah, about, an, about an hour, hour and a half. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so um, let's talk about a little little uh, indie game called Final Fantasy XIV. You know, uh, I've heard... It has a free trial up to level six. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to do Including this. both the award-winning expansion, Heaven's Word, and the entirety of the base game, A Realm Reborn. No shit. You can play for <laughs> free up to level 60 and experience all the content? Not only up to level 60. Level 60 in every single class. They call them jobs in the game. Um, mm. And you can have as many jobs as you want on one character. So you don't have to start an ult and you, um, and it's a free trial. No limits, no limitation or no time limits. I mean, no time limit. You are banned from the market board to prevent botting. Darn it. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, um, I see you've heard of it (laughs) a little bit, a little bit. Um, you can see my camera, right? Yeah. All right. Hold on one second. So I'm just pulling out something from my shelf. All right, and chat now. You've probably seen this, but just to show <laughs> the viewers who like watching my podcast from YouTube for whatever reason, um, I've got those few dedicated listeners slash viewers that only listen to my stuff on YouTube when the majority of my downloads is audio. Um, but I actually bought the original collector's Ooh. edition when it came out. Um, for Final Fantasy fourteen, and I only played it for... I don't even think I lasted a month. Oh, after yeah, I spent... Really, really, really bad when it came out. Yeah, it was... I I, I think I started a... a you, you may have to correct me, because I do not remember. I think I started a Gladiator in Olda. And... Gosh, I think that's right. <laughs> I, I can't I, remember I, if that's I, right for the original, though. Yeah, like, I, I, I can't remember, to be honest. It, I just know I started in Olda. And yeah. it, I, fucking, it was awful. So it get, it gets, it, it is awful, and it gets really interesting too. I don't know if you, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but there's a um, 
wonderful oh, YouTube book. channel called Ooh, that's beautiful. There's it's, a wonderful it's, it's YouTube a channel that you can um, fill in. Yeah, called uh, what is it? No clip, and they did a documentary on I the on a runway board. That. Yes, I need to. Yeah, and it was very interesting to learn that initially they were going to be doing. I think it was like something like ten or twelve starting cities. Oh my and god! That one quote alone told me more about the development of the game than literally anything else because it shows that they fundamentally did not understand how to make an online game <laughs> yeah because it's just why would you have 12 starting three starting cities is already kind of pushing it because you're yeah. running into problems yeah. with people who want to play together but 12 is just insane because even in the base game you couldn't interact really with other players like you know if you started in a different city and you and i started the game at the same time we wouldn't our characters really wouldn't be able to do anything together until level 20 yeah and, and, and that's insane. about and if you do just straight msq and depending on your speed too like for someone burning that could be five to ten hours of gameplay before oh, yeah. you even oh, yeah. start leaving the main city area yeah and th and that and that gets me thinking if they were if they were under the impression that 12 starting cities one for each starting job would make sense at, for, for an online game just shows me that they really didn't quite understand what they were doing yeah. and that's kind of the whole summary of like the original version of the game to begin with, you know, like the whole, like the model issues, for example, you know, where like there's no level of detail on them, which is just ins okay. insane I, to think about. I'll, I'll be honest. <laughs> there's so much I don't remember about 1.0 because I only it, played a month of it and yeah. I just hated it. I, I have, I never played it when it was out. I have played 1.0 on a private server. See, that's what I want to do, just to... And but, it's fun. It's fun. But, but but you can't even play the story, though, right? On private you server? You can't play the story. You that's can't, the only reason why a, I'd want to do it. Yeah, a lot of the quests don't work, and it's basically stuck in the end times, uh, uh, yeah. like a little bit before Dalmud hit. So it's it's okay, and, and it's fun and interesting to play around with, to kind of just see like all this old content. Yeah, see, see what the zones used and, to look like, and yeah, and and that's that's fun. But it's it's you can definitely see a lot of the fundamental design flaws at play because there's just so many things that even even not knowing about game development or even you know, going in and playing it knowing nothing about how like design works or anything, you can immediately tell that there's problems. You know, when when the map when you open up the map and it looks like someone just copy and pasted a zone like sixteen times, you can immediately tell like something's wrong here. Something doesn't yeah. make sense. Um, it, it playing it almost feels like playing like a like a nightmare version of the game. It's, it's very weird. <laughs> um, yeah, but when when did you start playing fourteen? I started playing fourteen when Heaven's Word finished. Oh, so you've so, been playing it for a while now. Yeah, right. So right before Stormblood came out, I remember, I remember signing up and then playing, and then Stormblood came out, and I was upset that they were they removed like three or four of my skills, and I didn't understand why. And then like <laughs> I stopped playing for a bit because I was I was really heated about it. Um, and then I ended up coming back to it. Um, I think like 
six months before Shadowbringers came out, and he was even more upset that like more, there were more changes. And I was like, "What is happening?" Oh wow! Um, but it was really with Shadowbringers coming out that I actually started playing very regularly as like my my main MMO. Um, before that, I was primarily playing Guild Wars and Guild Guild Wars Two, and there wasn't a lot of like to draw me to convince me to like stop playing Guild Wars and, and instead play Final Fantasy because really before Shadowbringers, the game was different. The game was very very different, and having to like manage stamina and stuff in like oh, in like an mmo right. yeah i remember was that. very weird it was very weird i felt like i was playing final fantasy i did i felt like i was playing like a good version of like final fantasy 13 or, or final fantasy zodiac age or something yeah you know what i mean like it felt great but then when it came to like doing dungeons or doing raids, it felt like I was trying to play a game that wanted to be a single player game that they felt like they needed to add dungeons to. And mm. it wasn't until Shadowbringers came out and they, you know, they got rid of stamina, they standardized all of the skills, uh, all of the jobs, they created uh, a more uh they they I shouldn't say created, they re-enhanced they what's the, what's the word revitalized um like the tombstone system and stuff like that and they made the game much more approachable and i felt like at that point the game was significantly better just like just way better and i finally sat down and went through actually finishing up the storm uh stormblood story and that was great uh and kind of just went from there and the game's really just gotten better i i don't i don't even play any other mmos anymore like i don't oh, I, I don't play destiny i don't play guild wars um and it's because i just have a, a lot more of a value for final fantasy um it's more respecting of my time and i like that yeah um, yeah because it's you know playing guild wars or actually a good example is destiny i i <laughs> There's some spicy takes for for uh, your viewers. Um, <laughs> I don't like Destiny. I really don't. Um, I, I love loved, the world. I loved it at first. I loved Destiny yeah, 1. Yeah, see, me too. I've been playing since the beta. I've been in the beta for both 1 and 2. I um, loved Destiny 2 at first, but Right? God, me just... too. I deleted my I deleted my account oh, 2 months ago. And the reason was I don't even remember. You know, account. this whole time I've been I've been cheering for Bungie to like make the game that they want to make, and they finally got out of being controlled by Activision, and they're finally making the game that they want to make, and they can't seem to really understand or give the players a solid direction as to what it is that they want to do to monetize the game. You know, they added you know season passes, and they have different levels mm. to the season pass they have different systems to that they have this this kind of fomo uh story system in place and and on top yeah, of that yeah. you have to buy expansions and there's a cash shop and like all these and it's just like it's like they're trying to figure out how to make the game profitable but they don't want to commit fully to to one idea and this is what I like about Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy adds content. They add, they do 
they they add content in the same way destiny does they release a patch the patch has a bunch of new story stuff maybe some new gameplay features um uh and it's great you know now there's even a season pass for pvp it's um uh though final fantasies isn't paid at least yeah it's all not free. yet uh it yeah, probably never yet. will be paid but that gets into my later point um but but what destiny does that final fantasy doesn't is they remove the content stuff becomes yeah. irrelevant in destiny that, that's same can, same with world of warcraft too same with world of warcraft it's this idea of borrowed power it's the idea of borrowed systems it's the idea that you know you're, you're you're playing a game and you're being told your character is some sort of you know basically you know this god tier one of a kind hero essentially right mm -hmm. i mean it's a little bit different in wow i get it but but you know it's a little bit different in destiny too but but at the end of the day that's essentially who your character is your character is supposed to be this important person that's in these high level talks you're in these high level negotiations you're dealing with high level governmental stuff and you have to grind out you know 20 creatures to get a new weapon <laughs> it, it's like it, it, it you know that that feeling of being restart every patch every story beat is just kind of it gets to the point where it's like uh you gotta click 20 you know? bear asses again and i just save right? the world you know you, you get to the you get to the point where it's like i i don't I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. I don't, just don't care. I, I don't want to. I don't want. I love the story. I love the world. I, I want to know where this is going. But the game is doing everything in its power to make me just not care. <laughs> and yeah. Final Fantasy doesn't do that. And this, it's kind of one of the first real MMOs I've ever played that that really doesn't do this. They don't. They have events. They have very small events that do reoccur, that do have this fear of missing out, this FOMO. But other than that, nothing else has this. There's no irrelevancy to your character at any point. Or any of the you, content. Because, or any of the content. Because one, one of my favorite systems that 14 does is the duty roulette and the wondrous tales. And for people who have no yeah. idea what we're talking about, the duty roulette... Um, I, I was a huge WoW player since the beginning from, I think I started in 2005. Yeah. Um, yeah. And pre-finders. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this was, so duty roulette is like WoW's equivalent of looking for dungeon, looking for group um, where you automatically queue up for a dungeon, but duty roulette is pretty much expands that to all dungeons, all raids, all trials which are sort of like mini raids in a sense if if, if you're trying to compare yeah. it's it's just the boss fight yeah ju just the boss fight and and it and you could be queued up and go into any raid from the very beginning of the game up until um what's current and you get special bonuses for doing that in wondrous tales once again it it opens up to where once a week you have nine chances to do to you know get stuff to get extra cosmetic yeah, stuff yeah. Or, or gold or whatever and um and the what you do is you got to complete other duties which is once again old raids certain dungeon levels certain you know pvp events yeah stuff yeah. like that and it, and it keeps it fresh 
Yeah, and, and they actually double down on that. Because you can have any, you know, you would have multiple jobs on one character, going back and doing those old dungeons, even as your high level, uh, you know, high level job, you still earn equipment and currencies that are relevant to the jobs that you are still relevant. That's true, uh, yes. Still leveling. And they create this kind of, you know, this, this, this interesting feedback loop where there's multiple systems in play that encourage you to do the old content. The old content is never irrelevant. Worst case scenario, you do it, you get some um, t uh, tome stones, which for people who don't play are like um, high level currency. They're basically what uh, dungeon currency is in, in Guild Wars. Uh, yeah. I think and, WoW has a similar concept for Yeah, and, and WoW, it, what, it, when WoW had the badge system or the points, I think it's, I think it's a point system now. I think it's similar to points, yeah. Um, but these tombstones you you can get if you're playing a max level job, you get max level raid tier tombstones. You get you get raid currency for doing these dungeons with low level players. And if you switch to your low level job, you get tombstones relevant to that level so you can go and purchase high level top tier equipment from npc vendors without having to worry about grinding out dungeons or anything yeah and it makes this whole thing a lot more simpler well actually i would say both simpler and more complex at the same at the same time because it's, it's a loop. You do the main story quest to get more dungeons, and you get more dungeons to get more content, and that content builds on itself. Um, a good comparison is is to Guild Wars with their fractal system. Um, it's very similar. It's very similar to the duty roulette fractals, but okay. fractals have a huge, huge negative, and it's that once you reach a certain fractal level uh they're they're, they're based on tiers you basically have like uh it's like 20-ish dungeons and then once you complete those 20 you have 20 more that are the same dungeon but in like a like a variation like a harder mode and it goes on like that for i think like three or four tiers and there's no reason at all in guild wars to ever do once you have gotten to the equipment to do a higher level fractal there is no incentive at all to do any of the lower level dungeons hmm. at, you just you get nothing yeah. you get rewards that you can i don't know uh, scrap for crafting materials it's 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 painful because it encourages people to be very toxic to new players because you know they want to do you know level item level or i don't, I don't remember what they call it um aether level or something i don't know i don't know something like that but like they want to do fractal level 100 you know what i mean they don't want to do the intro stuff whereas final fantasy just it just doesn't have that problem and it gets even more compounded because you you run into because doing these lower level dungeons is fun and rewarding you get players who just go in there to help you know you get stuff like the mentors who are just volunteers who get priority queuing access to these low level dungeons with the idea that they'll teach people how to do them and they do it well um I, i've never had in my almost 2,000 hours of Final Fantasy. I've never had a dungeon experience where I've gone in and where I've not known how to do something. I ask, no one's ever been toxic to me. I've never had someone tell me to go look it up on the wiki. 
I've never had yeah, someone, same. you know, I've never had someone leave the party because, you know, I'm the tank and I don't know how to do a certain boss. No, yeah. they'll sit there and yeah. explain it to me, it, it, you know, they'll, and then oftentimes they'll even, will be in doing the boss that I don't know how to do and they'll be giving me reminder cues and uh, you can, uh, for viewers, you can place in the game um, markers for your other party members to see. Um, and a lot of times people use those in bosses to teach people where to go, you know, how to dodge things, where to avoid yeah. AOEs and stuff. Um, and that's interesting because I, I haven't seen that in any other game. I haven't seen this this level of non-toxic community interaction um, in any game. Yeah, we, and uh, and I want to specify. No. It's not to say there's no toxicity in fourteen. Oh, no, I, <laughs> I, I've, I've come across some, and it, it's you, you know, like you say, I've never come across a dungeon where someone wasn't willing to help. But I mean, I've come across where you know you get the DPS and healer going back and forth, they're fighting, and you know stuff uh, yeah. like that. I mean, yeah, stuff that, like that's that. That's not happens. to say stuff doesn't happen. But, but nine times out of ten, eight times out of ten or something, you know, f four times out of five. Um, a lot of Final Fantasy interactions tend to be more positive, a lot more. Helpful. Yeah, yeah. Um, and coming from WoW, it's it completely took me by surprise, like how friendly. Yeah, for the most part, yeah, everyone too. is. It's I um. I, you know, coming from Guild Wars, I initially, when I, <laughs> I was doing, I remember it was very vividly, I was doing a level 60 raid, it was my first time, uh, and I was doing a pickup group, right, I was just a random uh, healer in it, and I had done raids before, so I, you know, like I kind of knew what I was doing, but I was missing, um, I was, I was doing something wrong. Oh, for, oh there you are. For, huh? Oh, no, I, it sounded like I oh. lost you for a second there. Oh. Yeah, it's starting to get really rainy here, so... Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I, but basically, I was casting a spell, and it was causing the aggro to shift from the tank to me. Not supposed to do that, right? They're, they're, I was supposed to be casting the spell after the tank had engaged the group. Um, no one got mad at me. Uh, no one even told me for the first, for the first like, segment. We did the first boss. We get to, um, like, midway through it, and... The other healer uh, sent me a private message explaining to me in detail the problem. Oh um, wow! And it was very, it was very nice. They were very, they're like, "Hey, you may not know this. Um, regen causes like a, a, a provocation effect. Um, it's not really stated in the skill. It's kind of something you have to notice and pick up." And I, you know, I replied to him like, "Oh, hey man, dude, I'm a little bit new to this. Super sorry. I, I didn't notice." Um, and I changed it, and it was fine. No one had any issues, and I even got uh, player accommodations at the end of, at the end of the thing. And to me, that was that was crazy because I initially thought the other player was trying to scam me or something. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because I had, yeah. I had never I had never like I was really wary for like the rest of the raid. I was like, mm -hmm, what's going on here? I was like keeping an eye out on chat. I'm like, I ain't gonna give them nothing. <laughs> because like every other MMO I've ever played, you know, if you have a player's randomly being nice to you, it's because they want you to join their guild or, or you, oh, you know, yeah. they're trying to scam yeah. you or some shit. And it's like, no, this is just a random positive interaction. And I was like, oh, cool. 
yeah, super yeah, weird. It, it, cool. it, it is. It's even like the random interactions I have in cities, you know, just I'll randomly go up to someone and emote, you know, pet them or something. Yeah. And then sometimes I can start a whole conversation with someone and yeah, it starts like a know. whole thing. And yeah, I, I, you know, I do, I do that too. I, I run into that all the time. I'll just be hanging out in a city and then someone comes up and they're doing like a, you know, like a dance next to me. And then I start dancing and skip two and then we got like three four bards playing and we're just having a, a chat about you know like fucking yeah. pasta or something you know and it's just yeah. and, 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 and nice. it sounds for people who you know are on the outside who don't play 14 it sounds dumb but it, it for stuff like that is so important for building that cohesive community that uh that i keep comparing it to wow because that's the mmo i've played the most that wow completely lost that like 10 years ago yeah yeah that's 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 actually what i was going to point out too final fantasy it, it, it the way it's its mechanics are, are fresh and new the way it, the way it functions is very modern but it's community and the way it's run and the way the mods handle it and the way it's monetized is very much like early world of warcraft it's very much like the old mmos before yeah. social media before Dude, this kind of 100 correct yeah and it's it's just it's community driven and it's and it's not because final fantasy lacks any of these modern stuff i mean it has literally its own facebook it has its own social media site Oh um, yeah, that's right. Like that's Lodestone. Right. Yeah, um, I forget about and it that. Has, yeah, and it has massive communities on Reddit and Twitter, and it has several wikis, and and, and it has this huge community. Um, but no one's pushing anyone to have to be a part of that community, which you see a lot in World of Warcraft. You see a lot in Guild Wars. People will be like, just look it up on the wiki. Yeah. How come your guild didn't tell you what to do? And it's like, well, my guy, like, not all of us are you know super tryhards at the game some of us play casually you know yeah exactly or, or, and even then that's just an extreme case but it's just it's it's weird and i never thought like destiny would have this problem either but it's the same problem i ran into destiny i never wanted to do content with people because it just it was always terrible everyone was always complaining no yeah oh so, so meta and it's like my dude difference between like four and like thousands a second doesn't matter <laughs> you know but people yeah. people will leave, leave a, a group because you know so and so has the wrong titan ability equipped and it's just like come on man like what are you doing it's a game it's chill but i don't know some people some people take these stuff pretty hard so yeah it, it's i don't know i i've been playing it non-stop for almost a year now and i'm freaking obsessed it's i still love it it's and walker the msq the msq altogether is amazing because as i've gotten older i care more about story and characters in games yeah. i mean obviously i don't want to play a game you know the gameplay is god awful and all that but right right it, but you want characters that are meaningful yeah and, and 14 has every bit of that you know, if if you really care about story, yeah, can it be a slog sometimes? Yes, there are times oh, where yeah. the MSQ just when you think you're done with a quest, oh look, another fucking five to ten minute cutscene. You're like, right. oh god, and it's midnight, it or it's almost one o'clock, and you're like, oh god, I'm I'm 
trying so hard not to skip the cutscene because I'm about to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> right? I, I've run into that quite a few times, actually. It's, it's interesting because the game is almost like an anime. It, yeah, it, that's a good it, way it to put it. It feels like... Yeah. yeah, it feels like... Not, not just... I wouldn't say in story beats. It's, well... It's story beats ramp up rather well yeah. um, it, it doesn't go immediately zero to 60 you know like a, like an episode of dragon ball or something um because yeah, it's pretty small I, stakes at the very beginning it's pretty small it's pretty small stakes for like a lot of it really um it really isn't until you know midway through like the third expansion where things really start getting like hey you know, we gotta go. We, not not a spoiler, but like, hey, you know, we gotta go kill a handful of gods or something. You know, and it's like, hmm, yeah, I guess we do. <laughs> um, but I've always equated it to kind of like an anime, where you know, there there are several of these animes, One Piece, Naruto, you know, Bleach or whatever, that just have just hundreds of episodes. You know, almost a thousand plus episodes, yeah. and they just keep going. Um, even though I think I just named two that are, that have finished, <laughs> but you get my point. It, it's one of these massive, massive stories and, it, and it's, it's fun to come back to. It's fun to be where the story's gone. Yeah. And, and watch the cutscenes again for all throughout the expansions and right. Watch the cutscenes. And then, thankfully they've added a lot more support for new game plus and the whole, um, uh, uh, uh unending journey. That's what yeah, it's called yeah. the, uh, the tome or whatever. Um, they also recently added. Uh, I don't know if you've gotten to it yet, but if you if you finish the current expansion and you start the new patch content, you actually get a codex that gives summaries yes, of important events that. and yeah. characters. Um, and I'm very glad they added that because it's getting. I actually forgot all about it. Thanks quite for reminding a bit me. In. Right, I gotta know. I I don't know if it tells me when it updates. Or not. So I just gotta I got, I gotta look at it next bit. time I log in now. Um, right, because I might have, might have updated on you. Um, but, but again, it's interesting. Is that the the game? It has all of the features you would want in an MMO, and I find it interesting. Is that I would probably not recommend the game for people who like MMOs <laughs> because yeah, it. it it really isn't anymore. No, and, and you're... I, I would agree with that. Like, if you cannot handle playing base, essentially a single-player game in an MMO, yeah, it's not for you. Final Fantasy game. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not for you. Like, the story in World are freaking amazing and fantastic. Everybody always complains about A Realm Reborn. Yes, out of all of them, it is the weakest one, but there's... You've been fixing it. But there are times, even in the story of A Realm Reborn, it got me. Like, it really captured my attention. Like, oh shit, what's going to happen? You know? Um, right? Like especially, that first fight with Ifrit? Ooh. Oh my gosh, Ooh. yeah. I'm, Beautiful. Dude, like, yeah, the, the time when you fight all the primals and um, when right? you go to the Waking Sands at a certain event and... It's playing oh, that yeah, devastating, yeah. Th that eerie oh, yeah. music and dude, that part, like that's when that that's when the game sort of like clicked for me, where I'm like, oh shit, this isn't going to be a typical game, is it? <laughs> right, <laughs> me too. I, when I got to that point, I was like, 
up until then i was just thinking all right you know we're just doing an mmo story we're gonna, yeah yeah that's we're what i thought to too end, and we're gonna be like we're, we're gonna fight the big boss and, yeah you know. we're gonna like we're gonna like kill a god and everyone's gonna be happy and then and then you get to midway or it's not really midway it's like 70 percent way through the story and it's like no that's not what we're doing <laughs> it's like yeah. oh oh my <laughs> And, uh, and then ooh. from that point on, like, I, I was hooked before that. But when that story beat happened, I'm like, oh, that's it. I'm completely hooked. I need to see this till the end. And thank God I did because Heaven's Ward, you know, people complain about Stormblood. But I fucking loved every bit of Stormblood, the story. It's, it's, it's real good. It's real good. But but that being said, yeah, if if. If someone's interested in like purely the gameplay aspects of it, the MMO aspects of it, they're gonna hate the game because you have to do the story. You you have everything. Everything is behind the story. Literally everything. All of the features. Yeah. And that can be real. Uh, not what people want. And I feel like that's probably gonna be long term kind of detrimental to the to the game. Um. And they look to be kind of trying to fix that with the next expansion and moving more towards being a live service single player game than being so focused on the multiplayer aspect, which yeah. hopefully turns out well. We'll see how that goes. And hopefully they but, don't screw it up. But. but I mean, technically World of Warcraft's going in the same direction. They're, yeah. they're, they've been focusing more and more on single player content. Same thing with Guild Wars. And I mean, uh, Destiny's literally a single-player game. I mean, World of Warcraft, like Shadow, uh, dude. I don't know that that past few expansions, like yeah. it, they were just such messes. Battle for Azeroth and Shadowlands were just right? such garbage. Right. Well, when you look at the new stuff that's coming out, though, they seem to be really wanting to get that single-player uh, gameplay loop really working. And yeah, it's. Whether or not that's going to work, I don't know. Because I, they I, seem to be just directly copying Guild Wars. and Well, n not only that, but the problem mm. with WoW is just what you can do in the game. The, and the game is designed for you to rush to max level and rush to get the best gear as quickly as possible. I don't know how right. they're going to fix that big foundation because 14 isn't really like that. I mean, well, yeah, 14 isn't like that. And that's that's one of the more interesting parts of it. Um, Guild Wars isn't like that either. Um, both games. And in, in WoW included in this, you know, all three games are like way better at max level. There's more stuff to do at max level. But I think Final Fantasy really kind of keys home that getting to max level isn't important. Yeah. It's the journey along the way. Whereas you run into something no, like Guild Wars, where the game literally starts only after max level, the everything before that's literally just the tutorial. Um, the entire base game is just the tutorial, which is insane. Um, you know, they're, and they're running into the same issues that Warcraft is running into: is that you can only do horizontal expansion so long you can only have so many of these skill trees and and stuff to max out before it just becomes another checklist another thing that someone has to do to get to whatever the end game meta is and whether or not warcraft's going to be able to fix that i think is going to be the primary thing that determines whether or not the game stays relevant in the next five years you yeah. know because 
they're already dying. They're, they've been hemorrhaging for years. They're at the point where World of Warcraft makes significantly less money than Call of Duty, but costs significantly more to make. So mm-hmm. Blizzard Activision is probably at some point going to come to the realization that let's put Warcraft on life support and stop making new content for it because it's just not profitable. Yeah, I I mean, you're spot on with that. And like I said, even though I don't play WoW anymore, it's I still follow it because I enjoy the story. I enjoy the lore and just the whole lore of Shadowlands was garbage. But I watched the the whole stream where they were announcing the new expansion. And dude, that was the most lackluster expansion announcement I've ever (laughs) seen in the history of WoW. That was just that was that's interesting because I I myself haven't played since Burning Crusade. Mm-hmm. Been many, many, many years at this point. Yeah. I, I actually watched that announcement and I was relatively excited for the content they were adding. Uh, not because I would ever, you know, try it or anything, but because it seemed like they were legitimately trying at least something different, at least trying things that other games have done that have succeeded and they're trying to adapt those and to me that's a lot like old blizzard that's a lot like what they used to do back in the 90s and early aughts where they would basically Mm -hmm. you know steal a concept of a game and just make the best version of that concept you know i I guess i just don't have any faith in them since for two expansions in a row they have completely fucked up yeah yeah and and here's here's the caveat or not caveat but here's the thing though with but the past two expansions they've done shadowlands and battle for azeroth the the expansion only ever gets good when the very last patch they release for that game so yeah so for like the past two expansions it's been of that mindset you might as well not even buy it or sub until the very last patch because that's when it actually is good yeah yeah i've i've i haven't i personally haven't looked too much into it but i've heard a lot of that anecdotally that it feels like they rush out an expansion yep and they they incorporate all of these negative systems to keep players engaged and then it isn't until you know, a year in or something where they finally go, all right, we're fixing the systems and we're giving the players what they want. And it's like, yeah, are you, and it gets to the point where it's like, yeah, as developers, are you doing that intentionally to play? They, they the have to be, they have to or, be. It's, yeah. Or are you no doing it way. intentionally as marketing, you know, it, it's, it's like gotta it's be both. It, I, I feel like it's both to, because I feel like it's more marketing because they're essentially just abusing players. They're they're tricking them into giving them this this everlasting cycle of hope. You know. Oh, oh no! We'll it, fix it soon. Yeah, because it, it's. I mean, it's been very long known. Not even just the past two expansions, but in order to like really keep up in WoW, like if you want to, you know, be the best and all that, you have to log in daily. You have to do a certain amount of things every week and. You know, yeah, yeah. to be the best. So it, it's that predatory, and and that's um, how it's made. And it it gets it gets a little frustrating when people try to like be apologists for it and be like, no, see, they're fixing it. And it's like, yeah, but they're the ones who made the system to begin with. They yeah, have so the data, they have the user data. Ex- 
it's it's insane to me to think someone like blizzard activision wouldn't know exactly the kind of features they're putting in you yeah. know what i mean oh of, they know of course exactly they, yeah they know exactly what they're doing and that's why i don't have any faith in this new expansion that they're doing it's and this is what they do every single time that they're coming out of the gate with all these awesome new features that players have been wanting like they want to return to talent trees they you know the, the whole customizing your dragon mount that sounds cool and all you know because it's yeah. from guild wars 2 which is fine it's from guild wars yeah. um, <laughs> and, you know modernizing the ui um you know fixing account wide stuff you know for your alt characters but too little too late it's not just too little too late but it's like how much of it is actually going to be in the game and how much of it is actually going to be the way that the players are thinking it's going to be and how badly is blizzard still going to fuck it up right no that's true it's true you also got to think all right well if they're fixing this system how is that going to interact with everything else and, and and as like most mmos they they go heavy with changing a lot of classes um whenever a new expansion comes out to try to keep it fresh and that has had an extremely poor track record for the past couple expansions where some classes are straight up broken you know or just not viable in end game and they don't fix them for like a year yeah 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 i've i've seen that a lot um i've heard about that a lot i've seen it i see it all the time in guild wars or used to see it all the time in guild wars because they have they have skill trees and stuff and so it's possible to make an, you know, and, and you can also equip uh, equipment not meant for you and stuff like that. So you you can make a non-viable build. It, it isn't hard, but it's it's interesting that they that that Warcraft is constantly kind of fumbling it. They're constantly having that issue of not yeah. being able to really balance their stuff because they're always fiddling with it, and. When you contrast that and compare it to Final Fantasy, which never does that, um, I mean, they revise their classes, yeah, and, and, and they do balance the classes, like but I they, mean, yeah, but they try to keep it the same, you know. Well, what I mean? well, one of the things that I love that fourteen does compared to WoW because I love PvP, right? And, and yeah. the way that fourteen oh, does PvP, PvP where the, yeah, the the changes to PvP is great, but what they do is they essentially each class like your dragoon they act totally different compared to pve and pvp they they created a pvp specific build and yeah and and wow wow doesn't have that so for the longest time true um the reason why they fiddle so much is they're also trying to balance pvp with the same exact skills and that are used exactly the same way yeah, that you would is, in which is PvE. impossible to do it, it, it is so there's yeah. always going to be something it's, broken i was hoping they would learn from guild wars because guild wars basically final fantasy's new pvp system is lifted literally directly from guild wars pvp oh and i think it's great it's Uh, and it's great it is great i i think guild wars the only thing i really really like about guild wars besides its mount system is its pvp its pvp is like its own game mode each class functions differently there's everyone's max level um equipment doesn't matter um there's season pass there's battle passes but you unlock them by doing dungeons and stuff you know yeah and final fantasy is really similar there's it's not a paid battle pass uh jobs are unique to pvp um it's a more limited tool set equipment doesn't matter level doesn't matter um 
and it's like playing a, a completely different plane. It's like playing a, a Final Fantasy version of Overwatch. It's 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 wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Um, or or like League of Legends or something, League, or, or yeah, a MOBA. Yeah. In a sense, well, you're not leveling in like you would, but yeah, you don't you don't you don't pick up equipment or anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Overwatch is a good example. Overwatch, I think Overwatch is is a, is a better example, at least in terms of yeah. how the characters function, because you have a set determined amount of skills, and yeah. you have like an ultimate, and you 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 know you have you have class roles, and you know they they did the system differently. And Final Fantasy's PvP used to be more similar to WoW's. I mean, you still had PvP specific skills, but they were trying to have each job be almost one to one to its PvP version, and that was just insane because some of the jobs are very easy to play. Some of the jobs are very quick combos where then you have some of them like ninja where it's not. You're keying in commands. You're basically typing in your spells, you know, and doing that in PvP was just a death sentence. You know, yeah. it's too slow. You couldn't compete. And now they changed it to it's just one button. It's one button. It combos with itself. Beautiful. Sweet. Yeah, exactly. And oh, man. for viewers, it may sound like they're, you know, they're oversimplifying these things. But you got to understand when, when it's when it's a, this quick action gameplay, you want it simple. You want it straight. Yeah, you, you don't want to have like 20 million buttons to have to press yeah and i assume that's probably the larger problem that's going on in in wow is that you have these complex classes you have these complex interactions and then balancing them for raid level content is going to be very different from balancing them against it themselves yeah it's, it's i know pvp has changed in wow but it it i don't know someone who can Someone who probably currently plays WoW PvP can answer a lot better, but that's what I recall from, you know, yeah. back when I was a heavy player of it. But it's just it's it's disappointing, you know, you seeing know, WoW because I want WoW to be good, you know, like yeah, I I, I would love you. to be able to go back and play it because I loved the game, right? But it's just the yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> the story's garbage like and that's that's a oh, yeah i mean besides the whole blizzard fiasco from last year that came out i mean that was a huge decision and just completely quitting it um but it, it's all but the story and lore of wow it's just been so mangled in the past like six to seven years that it yeah yeah it, it's so they're, bad they're kind of faced with this escalating threat problem you know, I, I just, remember when Cataclysm came out and I was like, damn, what are they going to do now? <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, there's not a lot of story, like, because I was a big fan of Warcraft. I was a big fan of Warcraft 3 and 2. And Oh, yeah, 2 and, and 3. I loved those games. I never really played the first one, but I've... No, nah, no, nah, I haven't. I actually haven't either. Uh, but 2 and 3, man. Ooh, I love that 2 dungeon mode. It was so fun. But anyways, um... You know, and, and yeah, like following along with WoW's story, I've just been like, wow, they're really just kind of really pulling things out of their ass, aren't they? Because and, and just you, you can pull stuff bad. out of your ass if it's like written coherently, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I've I've seen some summaries and I'm like, this doesn't make sense. This, none of this makes sense. Yeah, it's, you know, um, no, I mean, that, but, that could be a whole freaking podcast in and of itself. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, I digress. <laughs> yeah, but um, we're, we're getting near two hours here. So 
yeah. we're, we're, we're gonna wrap stuff up here um you know what i i don't even care the last 45 minutes was all 14 and mmos that's fine we <laughs> right? talk we talk plenty of magic it's good we talk plenty of magic. but um i here, mean i mean i didn't know if you had any like more specific magic questions but... i do but i do know that you have to get going and i got no i got about an hour yeah. um and then i've got stuff i gotta do um no it, it's just but, yeah at three hours is usually pushing. I try to end it around hour and a no, half to two hours. Hour and a half to two is usually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, all right. So give a shout out to all your socials and stuff and where people uh, can find you. Oh God. Jeez. Oh, I wasn't prepared for that. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I have real Bareth at real Bareth on Twitter. Um, oh God. Jeez. You know what? I just realized people can't spell my name. Um, well, it'll be in the show notes too. So. Oh, you think people look at the show notes? Uh, I mean. Uh, but yeah, no, there's know. real birth. Um, I'm not. I'm not on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook. I don't. I don't use Meta's services. Um, so the best best place to get me is on Twitter uh, or my Patreon, uh, which is uh, just birth. You just look me up on Patreon. Um, I have a website, Amaranth Alchemy, um, but that's more. Uh, if you want to view my content, I have a whole gallery of like my tokens and, and proxies and whatnot. Um, but yeah, interestingly enough, I don't I don't actually do a lot of social media anymore. Um, it's uh, believe it or not, not super actually helpful to my business. <laughs> mm. uh, but yeah, I mean, whatever helps your business, right? Well, I mean, I've been trying to use. I'm 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 in the process of moving to use more Tumblr and TikTok and Pinterest, um, but it's just uh, you know making content for those markets is a little bit different. So yeah. yeah. All right, man. All right. Well, thank All you right. for coming on. It was great um, chatting. Yeah. It was. Yeah. No, thank you again for coming on, taking time out of your day. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, I really, I really I appreciate it. Uh, it was, it was no a great problem. chat. And uh, I hope people, I hope people learn something about the more complicated state of proxies. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, it was interesting. Yeah. It's like I said, it the, the state of proxies changing. It's becoming more acceptable, and it's great. That's yeah, what I'm, I'm curious what to I see love. where it goes. Yeah, and, especially with secret layer know. now, and you know. But there's hope. As long as Wizards doesn't kill the game randomly. But even then, I've always said, if Wizards kills the game, you best believe the proxy community will keep it alive for oh, gosh, yeah, like, a real long time. I mean, <laughs> We'd shit. probably take it over. <laughs> yeah, you, you all would take it over. God, even if, yeah, Wizards killed the game tomorrow, dude, that game's not going anywhere oh, yeah. you anytime get, you have people, soon. You have people right now that make fan sets. So just imagine. And if good died, fan sets, oh, too. <laughs> Mm. Oh ah ah! I just splashed myself in my oh. face with my water. Oh jeez. <laughs> but yeah, there's even some really good ones. But anyways. <laughs> All right, it's man. Good, it's good talking to you. I'll, yeah, you too. Uh, I'll see you later. All right. Well, thank you. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. Everybody, thank you all for listening and watching. I do appreciate it, and I hope you did enjoy it. And like I said we went a little bit long on the Final Fantasy 14 talk, but you know what? It's my new obsession. Or not my new, but my current obsession for about a year now. And yeah. 
So I hope you all enjoyed Bareth. Uh, make sure to check out his links in the show notes below and give them a follow. Check out their store. Check out their proxies. Check out, you know, their altar sleeves and stuff. Um, yeah, it's going to be some awesome stuff that they have going on. I, You know, I should do like a little take some pictures of some of the proxies they've sent me. I got a couple. I got a bunch year, couple years ago, and they're great. Um, yeah, so thank you again for listening and watching. I do appreciate ev- each and every one of you, and have a good night. All right.